Hello, everyone. Can you answer this question in the positive? Do you feel sexy? Can you say that you have sexy confidence? Does it feel, I don't know, radical to say that you feel sexy? Does it feel audacious to say, yeah, I'm confident in my sexiness? If it doesn't feel very comfortable for you, if it does feel like a radical moment, today's guest is going to blow your socks off. Today's guest is Kimmy Seltzer. She is a confidence therapist, an authentic dating strategist, and an image expert. She's going to talk to us today about transformation and reinvention, really getting our sexy confidence back. She has so much experience in this area. She is a certified style coach. She is a therapist by trade. She's a dating coach. She's a matchmaker, which makes me want to sing. She spends her life helping people to find lasting love and connection. And it starts with finding love in themselves and then being able to find that connection with others. She has a podcast called The Charisma Quotient, which is also the formula that she uses in her coaching practice to help people work from the outside in to gain that sexy confidence. Now, wait until you hear all the stuff Kimmy does. Are you ready for this? It is a huge list. She speaks at national matchmaking conferences. She's spoken for eHarmony, Neutrogena, The Guild at Universal, UCLA, and iDate. She's a regular contributor to Huffington Post with appearances in Cosmopolitan, Oprah Magazine, Redbook, Reader's Digest, Askman, Fox News Magazine, Yahoo, and The Washington Examiner, My goodness, she is definitely an influencer in the dating and confidence world. But there's more. She also is the leading love expert on the traveling live dating show, The Great Love Debate, a show on Amazon Live. And it's a cable reality series. You can also listen to her podcast, The Charisma Quotient, and she has regular segments on the Chaz and AJ Morning Show on the radio. This woman is amazing, and I think you are going to love her just as much as I do. And I've got to tell you, for the interview, she is wearing the most beautiful bright pink blouse with beautiful flouncy sleeves. And I just have to tell you this because it tells you a lot about Kimmy and who she is. So are you ready to get your sexy confidence on? Let's get the episode started. Welcome to the Radical Audacity Podcast. I'm Tiffany Kane, your host. On this podcast, you are going to meet people that walk their own path, live life on their own terms, let go of other people's rules and expectations and the shoulds in life, and instead live life in their own truth, integrity, and authenticity. This podcast will give you the inspiration you need to live your own radically audacious life. Enjoy the episode. Hello, everyone. As I said in the introduction, I am here with the fantastic Kim Seltzer. She is gorgeous. I just have to tell you, it's too bad you guys can't see her. (laughs) She is absolutely beautiful. And she's here today to talk to us about transformation and reinvention and getting all that good old sexy confidence, whether we're getting it back or we're just discovering it, which I'm really excited about as a 48-year-old divorcee that just went through a hysterectomy. I love these kind of conversations because we're constantly changing. Our bodies are constantly changing. So I think these are important conversations to have. So welcome, Kim. It's so great to have you. Oh, thank you. And I'm super excited about this conversation because it is such an important thing. And Mm -hmm. we'll get into my story, but I, I always didn't like wear pink and and 
have this kind of cheeriness about me because I too went through my transformation as well. And I always say like, we're always our best teachers, you know, Mm -hmm. our own teachers. And it's not until we're through some sort of adversity or transformation that we see the gift in it. And then Mm -hmm. we look back and we're like, oh, right, there's the gift. And, And that's why I'm kind of doing what I do. I love it. And you know, this, the title of this podcast is radical audacity and love and life. And I do think one of the most radically audacious thing women can do is own their body and own their sexy, because when you have that confidence in your body and in your sexy, like there's nothing you can't do in the world. So I am so excited about this conversation. I think it fits so beautifully with the topic Before we get into the transformation and reinvention, though, I would just love to know a little bit more about you. You have a really impactful, interesting story. I'd love to hear it. And what what led you to doing this work? Oh, yes. Not too dissimilar to yours, actually. So there's like two sisters over here talking. Um, well then can I borrow your shirt? <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And then we'll, we'll talk about doing a little virtual makeover. We can do that. And I do those by the way, and we can talk about that later. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so I'm so glad you asked me about my story because, you know, people might hear my bio and see my professional experience and that's all great and dandy. But really the reason why I am doing what I do is because of my own story. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of, I have a long version, a longer version. I'll try to <laughs> condense it into a medium version because it's really important to what we're talking about today. And, you know, so really the story has it is that I, I'm from Chicago and I, you know, practiced um, being a therapist for many, many years. I led a very traditional life and there. I had the traditional home with the picket fence and, you know, the kids, the husband, the dog. And I still have the kids, by the way, but you see where the story's <laughs> going. And so, right, like I, everything was going on as planned and we all pick up and we move across the country to La La Land here in Los Angeles. And we land here and boom, it was like, that's where the record stopped. Like mm. my traditional life as I knew it, like just fell apart in almost an instant. And so we oh, decided wow. to do what all the other people here do in LA do. And that is get a divorce. I'm joking. Obviously, like <laughs> I like to blame LA, but to your point, like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what happened is that you know, often when you transition into like a new phase, a lot of the issues start surfacing more because I was away from my support system, my traditional life, all the things that were kind of that, like, I don't know, you know, you almost fall into that state of complacency. And, and, Mm -hmm. and so, right there I am all alone in my new castle without my picket fence and not knowing what to do with my new life. And my kids were really young at the time. And I, I, it was a very dark period. Like I said, I was not wearing pink at the time. In fact, if you looked at my wardrobe back then, it was all black oversized, Mm. like three sizes too big for me. I was still wearing the nursing bras and the Birkenstocks. Now, mind you, I was not nursing any longer. (laughs) Those days were long gone, but yet, (laughs) like you could see where the story's going. I was, I was stuck in my clothes. I was stuck in my mindset and I just, I didn't know how to get out of my own way. And here's the kicker. Here's the kicker. I was a therapist, right? Like I should know better. And up here intellectually, I, in my head, I knew what to do. In fact, I did go to counseling. I had a great support system. I had everyone rallying around me and I did the work, but yet still I could not get out of my own way. Mm -hmm. And in fact, just when I was about to give up and go back into my bed, there was just this aha moment that happened to me. And this is kind of the defining moment. Everyone has that defining moment Mm -hmm. in their life. And up until then, as a therapist, I used to believe that you had to work from the inside out. But what I'm about to share with you is a whole new concept that came to me and, and really what's rooted in my business today. And that I did all this inner work and nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. I, um, I, I woke up one day and I looked in the mirror and I just remember being horrified. It was just like, I was that fed up state. Mm-hmm. I saw this frumpy mom who had just given up 
And I'm like, what have I become? Who is this? Mm-hmm. And so I said, enough is enough. I'm going shopping. Like, <laughs> you know, thinking like, okay, you know, what does a girl do when nothing fits? Uh, and, and really I couldn't move energetically into something different. So I said, I'm going to get new clothes. I definitely need it. Now, also I had lost a lot of weight, but I, I didn't realize it at the time because I was so not in touch with my body really. And so I go to the department store and I think I'm up-leveling myself. I'm going around the store and I'm collecting what? Black clothes again. (laughs) And they were all right. They were all like, three sizes too big again, but oh I'm my thinking, goodness. can you relate? Like, Oh, yes. I'm up leveling myself. They're new clothes. So, so I I'm going around the store and this personal shopper, I'll never forget this. She, I call her my angel. Now she comes up to me and she says, ma'am, I've been watching you. And I really think you should try this on. And she holds up a red dress that looked like three sizes too small. And I said, that's so sweet of you, but that's really not my size. And that's so not my color. She says, honey, that is your size. That is your color. Try it on. Oh my goodness. Like, boom. Like she hit me over the head with that. that uh-huh. red dress. So I call it my red dress moment when I like fell, you know, almost like unconscious. And when I came to, I was like, you know, she's right. She's right. I got to try on something different. Mm. And, you know, like when sometimes you can hear messages in a certain Mm -hmm. moment in time, I was ready to hear that from something that was totally different. Like it wasn't a therapist. It wasn't a coach. It was just this woman who saw something in me. And so I, I slip on the dress and I twirl around like Cinderella and then bam, I look in the mirror and I was like, ah, there she is. I, I mean, I felt like a princess looking in the mirror and it really was like a Cinderella moment. And I just hadn't seen me in so long or even ever in this way. And so I bought the dress that day as a costume. Now I say it was a costume because I still didn't really believe it, Mm -hmm. but I'm like, all right, I'm going to go marinate in it. And I'm going to walk out into the world and see what happens. And when I did, everything started changing, right? Like I knew suitors began to come my way, new opportunities started knocking on my door. And what I realized is that I had to get used to being seen. Mm-hmm. This, this was the real defining moment that the black clothes were actually a cloak to keep me invisible from the yes. world because I was hiding and I was not comfortable with those alien men. I used to call them aliens because I'm like, I don't know how to talk to you. And even if you did give me attention, I don't know what to do with you. Mm-hmm. And so I had to really like learn the language, but more importantly, be comfortable in my skin, see myself as sexy. And so that's when I realized there was a symbiotic relationship between the outer and the inner when it comes to confidence, that it's not superficial. How you feel on the outside reflects Mm -hmm. how you feel inside and vice versa. And so now I flip the script and instead of working from the inside out, I work from the outside in, Mm -hmm. in order to feel good about yourself. And I have a whole like formula that that goes into it, but it happens to be the name of my podcast, which you are on as well, called the Charisma Quotient. Yes. So that's my story. (laughs) Okay. There's so many things I want to unpack in that story and so many things that I think are so beautiful. Um, There's, there's these, we all have these little wake up moments, like your little wake up moment of I need new clothes right? Like we have these little wake up moments of, okay, something is not going right and I need to change something, but without help, you weren't truly changing. You were buying the same clothes and the same size and the same color you needed help. And I think that to me is the first key in your story is getting the help what let's, I just would love to dig into that a little bit more because help can come in so many beautiful different packages. Sometimes we, we purchase the help (laughs) by working with the coach or a therapist. And sometimes help comes in on beautiful angel wings and says, yeah, I'm here to help you. So I just love to unpack that a little bit more with you. And there's more in your story. I want to dig into Oh yeah. And then I have many, many stories upon that, right? Like, cause it's never just one right. moment. And, and that's what I tell people, even 
um, that relates to your question is that when you change one thing and you start with something small, how that mm-hmm. can catapult into the bigger win and success. Yeah. And there was this, you know, this wave. And and what I want to say about the receiving the help. Oh, receiving. Yes. Yes. Right. That's the it's, one. <laughs> it's the receiving the help is that you have to be willing not only to hear it, but to receive it because you know, again, being a therapist, I know this, that doing the work requires kind of that open mindset mm-hmm. to to look at yourself, right? And say, what can I do to get a different result here? And this is why like, I'm not only a therapist, but I'm also a coach and I kind of fuse together now with the image consulting, how to like really move people forward because it's not just talking and, and and in theory, like analyzing things to death, listening to podcasts and watching movies and, you know, doing, and, and I want you to continue listening to this podcast, by the way, so, but, <laughs> but, but, it, it, but it, it's, you're like more of a passenger, right? Like you're mm-hmm. absorbing information. There usually becomes a moment where you get so fed up, where you need to put yourself into action. And that's mm-hmm. where the coaching comes in. And that's where the image consulting comes in, where you're actually feeling and doing something different that gives you evidence, right? Mm-hmm. Of something that you know you need to do. Because I work, and here's the thing, I work with so many women who are people pleasers and, you know, they mm-hmm. they are caretakers and they focus so much on other people that they don't know to really stop and take care of themselves and what that really looks like. Mm-hmm. And I know that because I was one, I mean, I'm still a caring person, but, but it, I, I think because I wasn't seeing the value in that. I wasn't open to, you know, really receiving the help that I needed that really thrust me into that action. So really the shopping piece was the first thing that kind of put me in there. And Mm -hmm. and then from there, I, I, I mean, again, there were many stories along the way that you have to hire mentors and coaches. And mm-hmm. I had to solicit, um, you know, other single women in my life who, who I called my sex in the city gals, where we would go <laughs> out and we'd practice how to flirt. Like it was all like this domino effect. But mm-hmm. in relation to your question, I think the first part is just getting those downloads and absorbing the information. But then at what point do you take action? And it's the action piece really that's going to break that pattern, whatever it is. I like to call that being in the proximity of possibility, right? Like you, you have to be there and put yourself in a place where now opportunity and possibility can, can find you. Cause if you had stayed home, she never would have found you, right? You put yourself out there. And when you don't feel good going shopping often, is a very uncomfortable experience. There have been many times I've sat in a dressing room and cried (laughs) where you're just like, oh my God, these fluorescent lights are showing every dimple and this bathing suit just won't fit right. And you know, you get those moments, like shopping can be a very vulnerable experience. And so you putting yourself there. And that's just, to me, that's a metaphor for when you want to make a change in your life, you have to step out of your comfort zone and put yourself in the proximity of that possibility for someone to be there to help you. And then, like you said, you have to receive it. I love that. I love that. And no one, no one changes in a state of comfort. If you think about it, right. The only time you leap is when you're uncomfortable. That's when, Mm -hmm. that's when you put yourself in a state of change. And if it makes you uncomfortable, that means you need to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. It's usually that sign, but how, is, is where like, you know, people get stuck. It's like, and people come to me or you, where they're like, I know I need to do this, but how? Right. Right. And, and that's where like kind of the fun begins and just doing these like small actionable steps that gives you that confidence to move forward. So I'd love to dig into another part of your story. Another part of your story, you were talking about putting that dress on. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of a costume at first, but you actually put it on and went out into the world. What was that like? Like, okay, the the juxtaposition of going out into the world in your baggy black clothes versus mm-hmm. Kim going out into the world in that sexy red dress. That's such a different experience. So how were those experiences different for you? 
Oh my God, it was huge. And I have a funny story around that too. It is that, you know, I, um, that's why I love Halloween, right? Ah, yes. <laughs> Me too. Completely. Like, think about it, that all these like people transform into this other character instantly mm-hmm. by putting on clothes. And I just want to say, just back it up with a little science here that I'm not just this like blonde hair, blue eye LA girl saying, Oh, just wear this. You'll look fabulous and everything will be okay. I mean, there's science behind what mm-hmm. I'm saying. And they've even studied the brain that when you wear different clothes, your brain chemistry shifts and your performance goes up. Mm. And there's a term called enclosed cognition that actually they, they coined the term for that. And um, there was a study in the New York Times that um, kind of explained what that is. But that is what's so exciting about this stuff. It's not superficial. It's not in your head that when you do put on new clothes, it it causes you not only to perform differently, but people view you differently. Mm -hmm. Therefore you react differently to the world, right? So again, it's this symbiotic thing. So in relation to your question about when I first went out there, it was funny because I was thinking in the dressing room that it was going to be super scary. But then when I put the costume on and I went out just like Halloween, I was like, yeah, I'm the cat's meow. Like Ah. I like, I felt it. And I see this when I take, you know, women out. So I do these wing gal sessions where I go out with people and I teach them how to flirt and interact with the world. Oh, how fun. Oh my God. It's so fun. So I have this whole day, I go shopping with you and then I I go out and we flirt and, and I teach and I work with men too, by the way. So I know, I know the drill. I know what gets, you know, men and women interested in each other. And Every single time the women are scared to death to put on a red dress or to put on color, to even wear a dress. And by the time I get done with the process, they I, like, it's like I created monsters. Like I, <laughs> I, I'm like, you know, they're, they're off to the races. They're attracting, you know, men left and right. I have a, I, if, if I, we have time, I have a beautiful story of a client that I want to share. Sure. Um, please do. I love stories. Because this is exactly what we're talking about. There was a woman years ago and it, this just stands out I, amongst all the transformations I've done. And she called me up. She hadn't been dating for 25 years. Like she got married and on the young side and then divorced. And, um, she had been married to a narcissist and kind of, in a you know, more of an abusive situation. And she just spent all her energy and focus and time on raising the, her kids and working, raising her kids and working. And by the time she, she got fed up, she wanted a change. She calls me and she's like, I don't even know where to start. I don't know where to begin, but I know that I can't keep doing this. I want to mm-hmm. find love. I want to feel better. So she came out and did a whole like intensive with me that combines like, you know, the shopping, the coaching, the therapy, we did a photo shoot and then I had follow-up phone coaching. So what was profound to me when we were doing kind of our intake together is just how much she was giving her power away, like just in every aspect of her life, you know, Mm -hmm. apologizing, being the caretaker, even like the way she was talking, I had to like you know, say, stop apologizing, Mm -hmm. you know, it was that kind of thing. So again, because I work from the outside in, we, we went shopping first before I did some of the inner work and we are going into the department store and she starts crying and she says, Kimmy, um, there's something I need to tell you. I haven't told you yet. I said, what's that? She said, well, I cover all my mirrors at home and I haven't looked in the mirror in 10 years. No, true story. I said, wow. And and then I'm thinking to myself, you know, if I was acting as a traditional therapist, we probably would have been in an office doing some cognitive behavioral therapy on getting over this thing, but that's mm-hmm. not what she needed. Mm-hmm. She, she needed to see something different. I said, thank you for telling me. And I'm just going to kind of hold your hand as we walk through the store. And I want you to do something for me. So we get in And I found a really cool leather jacket. I said, put this on. I found some really cool boots. I said, put this on. I said, I want you to, there's a mirror behind you. I want you to twirl around. I just want you to give me five, five seconds. That's it. So she did it and she twirled around and it's like three, four, five, six, seven. And she just kept staring and tears are running down her eyes. And Mm. she said, Kim, I have never seen myself so beautiful. 
And I was like, and then I started crying. We're like hugging each other. And it was just this beautiful moment. But then really from there, I did create a monster because after that, we're like skipping through the store. She's like trying on all these like fun clothes and sexy clothes. She's changing with the door open, right? Like, <laughs> And so this is from a woman who couldn't look in the mirror to changing with the door open. And, and then we did the photo shoot. She went back home. She started dating up a storm and she landed a great guy, great guy. Eventually she's still with him today. This was years ago. And so just to give you a slice of just how transformative that can be when you put yourself in a different state and where where Mm -hmm. you see yourself differently. Mm, I love that. That is so beautiful. (laughs) It makes me want to cry. I'm just imagining her right now, just in the jacket and the boots. Mm -hmm. There is something, there is something so powerful about being able to see yourself and we can either hide ourselves in what we're wearing, or we can show ourselves and let ourselves out through what we are wearing. And it is very powerful to show yourself. Uh, It can be very vulnerable to show yourself, but it is very, very powerful. That's just a beautiful story. Well, yeah. And if I can just like kind of highlight all the stuff that we're talking about, it is beautiful. And I think the focus sometimes, and a lot of women get caught up in is they, they think about, well, I got to look sexy for the man. And I got to do that, especially if you're a caretaker and you're thinking about how can I please him? If, if, if you don't remember anything at all, I would love for you listening to remember this is that it's, it's about you. When you look in the mirror and you feel sexy, that's when other men will too. End of story. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. All this other stuff around you doesn't matter. It's really about looking at ways, both in the way you move, your energy, the way you talk, the way you wear the clothes that gives you that sexy confidence that then translates out into the world. Okay. I'd love, because I, I would really like for the listeners to get some practical tips yes. for this yes. um, sexy confidence. And you just mentioned four or five things. You mentioned the way you talk, Mm -hmm. the way you move, the way you dress, the way you go out into the world. I think there was one other thing you mentioned, but I would love if we could kind of dig into those points a little bit more, some practical things that somebody listening to right now could go over to their mirror and practice or go out, you know, for dinner and practice or something like that. What are some really practical ways to work on those areas? Yes, absolutely. Well, and this relates to kind of my formula. I mentioned in the beginning that I have a formula called the charisma quotient. And within that formula, I have three pillars in which I work with people. And, and, you know, I work with various issues and different things that come up, but doing an assessment in these three areas, and I want to give you some tips around this, is a great way to get started. Mm. Um, The first area being your style intelligence, I call it. This is like your wardrobe, your body language, your presentations, the first impression. This is where we start. Um, I have a, a, a little like quick hack that you can do. And everyone can do this and kind of auditing their closet right away in relation to your clothes. I call it the three C's. And the first C is looking at the cut of Mm. your clothes. Do the cut of your clothes flatter your figure? And I actually have um, a free body style guide that I'm going to gift to your listeners so that you can do this right away. And I'll... um, I'll, I'll remind you at the end how you do that. If you just go to kimmyseltzer.com forward slash style, you'll be able to do that. And it really is about measuring y- your bone structure. It has nothing to do with your weight. It's your shoulders, your waist, your hips, and how you can do that to see. And in my guide, I go over what clothes flatter that particular shape and what clothes you know you should stay away from. It makes shopping so much easier. Mm-hmm. And guess what? That builds your confidence. Mm-hmm. Number two, the, the second C is color. Mm. I love color. As you can see, I'm wearing a bright pink. Well, you listening can't see it, but, (laughs) but you, um, yeah, I think the thing that that's really interesting about color, I could do like probably a whole podcast on it is there's a lot of psychology that goes into color, Mm -hmm. but in particular for women, if you wear pink or red, 
that actually attracts men. And this has been scientifically backed up. They've done many, many studies on it. So if you're single, I definitely recommend wearing that color in your profile at some point. And even when you're out and about, because you will get noticed. Now, if that sounds super exposing and like, oh my God, I can never wear that bright color. That means that's where you work. That means that's (laughs) probably something you need to do and try and experiment with. And then the third C, and it relates to that is wearing something that you feel confident in. Now, everybody Mm -hmm. has an outfit. Like I call it a go-to confident outfit where if you have a social event or a date, it's that like, okay, I'll grab that. I know that I feel good in it. Take a look at the elements of that outfit. What makes you feel good about it? Is it, do you get complimented in it? Do you feel comfortable? A lot of C words, right? Do you um, just like the color, the fabric? You know, what is it about that? And once you find some of those elements, you can get more clothes like that. So that would be the first pillar in the style intelligence is to do the three C's. I don't I know if you have questions that. about that, but I can move on to the second pillar. <laughs> yes. Just a second. I just have a little personal yes. story. So after my divorce, I I did kind of redo my style. I I was like a middle-aged frump when I was married and um, I got divorced at 40. So I was like middle-aged <laughs> already in like <laughs> wearing clogs and like a Capri pants that didn't fit right and big oversized. Oh my God, shirts. you had yeah, the same costume as I did. How did we? How did we have the same? Costume? I don't know. Somehow there was this like the frumpy this, thing. Yeah. This, yeah, frumpy bra. Like there was yeah. this memo that went out that you have children and you're married, so you just shouldn't look nice. So anyway, redoing it when mm-hmm. I left, and I found this leather mini skirt at Banana Republic. It was so out of my budget. It was ridiculously out of my budget, but I had lost a lot of weight divorce for me was really good for losing weight because I just couldn't eat. So I'd lost a lot of weight and it was in my size. There was only one of them. It was on the sale rack and it happened to fit me. And I bought that skirt. And I tell you what, every day, every social event, anything I did, I put that skirt on. It looked cute with flip-flops. It looked cute with boots. It looked cute with heels. It looked cute with an oversized shirt. It looked cute with the little spaghetti top shirt. Like I wore it everywhere and there was nothing that gave me the confidence like that little skirt. I loved it and I will never get rid of it. It's in my closet. I can't fit in it anymore. Uh, I put on some happy love weight and, (laughs) (laughs) but um, that little, it's such a symbol for me of you know, spending too much money on myself and getting that, it was a dark Navy leather skirt and I just loved it. (laughs) So that's awesome. And it's so on point in what I'm talking about. Cause like, you know, that probably played up uh, an area of your body that you felt confident. And I always say like, this is something that's big on for women too. And I do a lot of retreats and actually I have a retreat coming up this summer, but you know, I'll ask what part of your body do you really like? And women have such a hard time saying that. But that's an important part of shopping is that like, if you know you love your legs, yeah, wear that mini skirt because it's going to play up the legs and you're going to feel confident in it. If there's something you're not so into, like maybe it's your stomach, then you want to conceal that area. So that is also half the battle is really like owning parts Mm -hmm. of your body. So you probably looked hot in that skirt. <laughs> which which is funny because before I never thought I had good legs, but um, I had been working out quite a bit and lost weight. And I was like, well, there you go. Yeah. You so. got it. Flaunt it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's the second pillar? Okay. The second pillar of the charisma quotient is emotional intelligence. Now I didn't mm. make that up. We all talk about emotional intelligence and that's um, more taps into the therapist in me because when you start feeling good on the outside, then you start like, you know, having some work that will be done in the inside that Mm -hmm. will also relate to your inner confidence. And one of the things that I find, especially with women is helping them learn how to be authentic and vulnerable. Mm -hmm. And that is, I know you do work around that as well. It is so important. And especially if you're a caretaker, people pleaser, you don't even realize that you're not taking care of yourself or setting boundaries, you know, for yourself. So that is a really important part. So just a quick tip on that, you know, what if you just said, no, I'll just keep it really simple. What if you just practice saying no, Mm -hmm. it may sound simple, but probably super triggering and hard for you Mm -hmm. because right. Like that, that's something. And if you're dating and you're single, like 
if a guy wants you to meet him 30 miles away, just say no. Mm-hmm. He can come to you. Oh and and right? Like it, those gorgeous is, boundaries. <laughs> the gorgeous so boundaries beautiful. that that actually gets um people to earn you. And mm-hmm. and this is an important part of the journey because once you start like becoming this gorgeous woman that you are, then you got to learn how to own it and teach people to respect it as well. Mm-hmm. So it's being kind of the queen, right? Mm-hmm. And then the third pillar is your social intelligence. And so your social intelligence relates to how you interact with the world, how you manage interpersonal communication. And yes, that includes flirting. So flirting <laughs> is a big, big part of my business. I do flirt workshops. I obviously go out and help people flirt. And so um, what I love about that is really teaching people how to play, how to have fun and really be <sighs> present and not get attached to the outcome really, really important. And so whether you're married, whether you're coupled off, whether you're single, I think flirting is an important just like skill to practice because it's really about being playful and magnetic. And it has that charisma factor to it that just draws people to you. And and guess what? That will help your confidence because you're just going to have more people and energy in your life. Sorry. I was holding that back oh so bad. I'm like, oh my God, my eyes are watering. Did I choke you? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry She's so that. emotional that she got choked up. And- you were saying such good stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to stop her. I don't want to stop her. But, oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> Thank goodness for editors. I know. Thank God. And water. Right? Oh my God. Okay. And I have the sexiest editor ever. I, ooh. He happens to be my boyfriend, so... Ooh, <laughs> I call him the sexy sound guy. The sexy sound guy. Okay. I love that. <clears throat> okay. So flirting. Flirting. I love that you said it's playful and joyful and just being present in the moment. So let's do a little exercise for the listeners. Mm-hmm. All right. So somebody is going out, maybe you're with girlfriends and you want to practice your flirting just a little bit. So you're sitting at the bar and you know, there's the bartender, like what is a little flirty thing? Cause obviously, you know, we're not necessarily going to go home with the bartender, although that could be a fun thing, but well, you know, people do, right. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And that's okay. If that's what you want and that's but where maybe you're that's at, not right. the goal of the night. So the goal of the night is just, let's just practice it a little bit. Uh-huh. So what is something, you know, we're out with our girlfriends and, and there's the bartender, like what's a little flirty thing. Oh gosh, there's so many. Well, the first thing before I just like throw a little thing out there that I want to say and preface this with is that everyone has a different flirt style and there's a Mm -hmm. lot of different um, things. You know, people think that it's about, you know, doing the googly eyes and spinning, you know, twirling the hair and all that. And and that those are techniques, by the way. However, if you don't feel comfortable doing it and it's not you, don't do it because Mm -hmm. you you will look uncomfortable and that's not effective. (laughs) So, you know, when I went out, and practice with my wing gals or my sex in the city gals, as we used to call ourselves, (laughs) I noticed that everyone had a different flirt style, you know? So that's one of the things that I help people with is just zoning in on their like zone of genius, right? Mm -hmm. And when it comes to their flirting, um, you know, one girl and I'll, I'll share with you, like, if you are more on the shy side, say, and this, this particular friend was, she wasn't very verbal. She wasn't very, you know, talkative, but boy, did she have the eye contact down? Like she Mm. knew, and she literally knew how to, there's something called the three second rule where you look at a guy, if it's the bartender, and then you look away and then you look again, and then he knows it's on. Mm -hmm. Right. And so she had that technique down, you know, my other friend didn't feel that comfortable doing the eye contact. So she did more like humor and giggling and laughing and sprinkled in with, you know, some playfulness in her Mm -hmm. movements. And then my other friend was that googly eye girl and spinning her hair and wearing the heels and the Jessica rabbit whole thing. And, and, you know, that, Again, I think, you know, for me, what I ended up doing is 
taking a mix of them and mm-hmm. putting it in a big bowl and <laughs> making my own kind of flirt style. So like if you're sitting at, at the bar and there's the bartender, you got to say, okay, well, what's something that you could practice that might be different for you that would get his attention, mm-hmm. right? So maybe it is, you know, just saying hi and smiling, like the, the eye contact and the smiling is the first step because ladies, you have to understand, like guys are looking for smoke signals, you know, that Mm -hmm. says I'm here, I'm interested, I'm open, I'm approachable. And a lot of women don't realize that they have a responsibility and approachability. They're like, oh, well, guys don't come up to me. I'm like, well, you're not turning your mm-hmm. cab light on to say I'm approachable. Are your hands crossed in front of you and you're not yeah, making eye exactly. contact and your head is down? And <laughs> Right. Yeah. So really, I mean, ladies, it does not take it does not take a lot, mm-hmm. really. Like these guys are like cavemen. They're just looking for like, throw them a bone, you know, <laughs> just seriously make eye contact, smile and just say hi. And if you don't mm-hmm. know what to say from there, this is what I teach people, right? Like I have a whole formula called the social engagement formula that takes people out of their head into something that's more fun and storytelling and heartfelt that will definitely create attraction. Mm, I love it. There's there's something to me about allowing yourself to be playful and in the moment. And like you said, not have um, an outcome attached. And if you can flirt with everyone and flirt doesn't have to be a sexual thing. Flirt is like a, a friendly, um, you know, I'm, I'm seeing you, are you seeing me kind of thing that when you are able to get into that mode, Life is so happy and joyful because you literally make friends everywhere you go. I have a friend who is brilliant at this. Her name's Erin. And I, I kid you not, we go anywhere. She's got 10 friends immediately. And they may be female friends. They may be male friends. It doesn't matter. She is so good at engaging and being there and being in the moment and just, and I just watch her in awe and I'm like, you're a magical creature. Um, and it's so fun to be around that. And I think that to me is the radical audacity of this, right? Of like mm-hmm. too many times we flirt for, okay, I'm going to flirt so that I, I can get this guy's attention. And, um, you know, th- we're going to be boyfriend, girlfriend, you know, like that's too yes. stressful. That's yes. too stressful. That's not. And then you're just like a ball of nerves and, and you're self-conscious and you're you, that. And that's like the exact opposite. It's the exact opposite. Yes. So if, if you can have that flirtatious attitude in life, whether it's the bus driver, the bartender, mm-hmm. the cash register person, dogs, uh, the dog, <laughs> yeah. babies, like it's babies, just, everyone. Yes. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's really important. Well, what, what's interesting, and I always start my workshops like this, you know, we talk about the outcome stuff. If you look in the dictionary, the, the definition of flirting is to behave as though you are attracted to someone without the serious intention of an outcome. Oh, which is huge. And that last part is the reason why so many people do not flirt, Mm -hmm. right? Because they're getting attached to the outcome. They're saying, oh, well, I don't want to give him the wrong impression, or I'm not good at this, or I don't want him to like me for a sexual object. The list goes on and on. Mm -hmm. And I know every excuse out there because I always have it up on the screen before you know, the women even say it and they're like, oh, you already knew that. <laughs> like, the yeah, reason is like, I'm not magic. It's just that I've been doing this a long time and that these are universal common excuses slash fears. And so when you know that it ha- it's not outcome based, that it's more about what you said, being present and having fun and being playful, that will also make you more connected with the people yes. that you're playing with. And yes. this is what happens is like so many people I work with as you described, are in their heads, right? Like I I work with a lot of high achievers, if that's you listening, and they're outcome oriented, right? Mm -hmm. They they create goals. They're, you know, really badass in the work field and all that stuff. But but it's the opposite when it comes to dating. It's actually just being really super present and not worrying about getting it right. In fact, the goofy you, you are and the dumber the conversation the, the most fun you'll have, you know? It's and, so true. And, and here's the thing is that it's not about the facts. 
so many of you are just vetting for your next boyfriend. It's not about like looking at the list and the qualifications. It's about the feeling that they're Mm -hmm. having with you. Mm -hmm. And when you learn how to have fun and flirt, they will, they'll want to move on with you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. But more importantly, you're going to have fun with yourself and you're going to feel the chemistry on top of it. Oh my gosh. I love this conversation. I feel like we could talk for hours and hours and hours. I think it's so important. (laughs) Um, But I think this is a great segue for us to get into kind of the fun part of the interview where we get to learn a little bit more about you. So uh, the people in my audience are fantastic book nerds, just like me. I'm a huge book Mm -hmm. nerd. So I always love to ask, what is a book that you are enjoying? Well, I'm not, I I have to say I'm not currently enjoying it, but I, I give it to all my clients because I love this book and it relates to exactly what we're talking about. It's called Why Men Love Bitches. Uh What a great title. Oh my God. Right. (laughs) By Sherry R. R Argoff, I think uh-huh. I, don't quote me on the last name. I'm not sure how I'm saying it, if I'm saying it right, but she is awesome. And again, it's not about being a bitch, but it's about setting boundaries and just really like owning your sexy confidence. And so it's, it, it's like a staple book that I give all my clients. So I love that one. I think that was one of the first books I read after my divorce. Um, mm-hmm. It was such a revolutionary. I was, oh, I was such a nice girl. Mm. I had no boundaries. And after reading that book, I literally started Project Doormat No More. I posted it on <laughs> Facebook. I posted a picture of a, a doormat. I said, I am now officially in Project Doormat No More. I put like You turned over the shingle and you're like. I was like, wait. I don't have to like be an overgiver and an overmotherer and a super nice girl. Like I can actually like say no to things. What? And yeah, that was a <laughs> that was a revolutionary book for me, for sure. I think when I read it, it made such a huge impact on me, but I still wasn't able to totally grasp it the way I am now. Like now I'm like, okay, this is this is powerful stuff. So and it was because a fun you- read. Well, and and you have to put yourself into practice again, going back to what we we're saying before, like you can read a bunch of books, but unless you have situations where you can actually practice this stuff, mm-hmm. that's when it becomes real. So, oh, yeah. you know, like at the end of my podcast, I always say, you know, working on you is working on your dating life. It's not, it's not compartmentalized. No, you know, too many people say, oh, well, I, I, I'm working on me. I can't date now. I'm like, that's, that's the <laughs> wrong, that's the yeah. wrong technique. It's like, yeah. Dating to to change, mm-hmm. right? Like you have to practice. Yep, absolutely. Okay, I love that book. I love that you mentioned that yeah. one. Okay, so here's the hard question. <laughs> okay, they're making a movie of your life. You guys pick three songs for the soundtrack. What would they be? Celebrate good times. Come on, remember that <laughs> celebration yes. by Cool and the Gang. <laughs> you know, I look. There's been a lot of dips and valleys, obviously like you in my life, but like, to me, it is about celebrating, Mm -hmm. you know, when, when things do happen. And when I think about my life and how many changes, like, even when I tell my story about the frumpy mom, I'm like, did that really happen? Was that Mm -hmm. me? Like, and just celebrating all this, the stuff that has happened and that things happen for a reason. And even the stuff that's bad, is, is not really bad. It's just mm-hmm. a lesson that you grow from and you learn from. So that's my first song. Love it. Second song. Don't stop believing by journey. <sighs> I mean, I know I mean, I'm, I'm aging so myself too, it's but so like, great. it's just iconic. Right. And yes, because you can't stop believing. Mm-hmm. Um, if I stopped believing, I think I still would have been in bed with my nursing bras on, right? Like the fact that I'm here talking to you, having a podcast and a career to actually help people find love. If you were to ask me that 17 years ago, I never would have guessed I would have been here. So you have to believe. You have to. And the third is I'm too sexy. Do you remember that time? Yes. Too too sexy sexy for my my shirt. shirt. (laughs) (laughs) We're both dancing, you guys. It's too bad you can't see it. I mean, too bad we're neither of us are like DJs because we should be playing these songs right. while we're talking. I, I, I when I do workshops, I always play "I'm Too Sexy" and mm-hmm. everyone gets up and dances, and it's just it's fun because 
that's the thing, ladies, you, you have to feel sexy. You have to feel sexy. It's not about a man making you feel sexy. It starts with you. And every guy that I work with, when I ask them, you know, what do you find sexy? It's like, well, when the woman finds herself sexy Mm. and she's comfortable in her body, it doesn't matter what shape, size, or age you are. Oh my God. I love that. And it is so true. I mean, even as women, When we look at other women that are maybe not traditionally beautiful, maybe, you know, not traditionally perfect body, whatever, but there are women you look at and you're like, dang, she's amazing. And it's in every size, shape, color, everything, bald head, beautiful, long hair. Like there are women you just, they, oh, she's a queen. Oh Mm -hmm. my goodness. And you just want to be in her orbit. Yes. Yes. Because she believes it. And it's truly any size. Oh my God. I love that. Okay. Those are great songs. Okay. Last one. You've done a lot of audacious things in your life. You've been on TV. You've been in the, on your, you've got like a, don't you have like a a talk show segment on the morning shows? You're like all over the place. You do amazing things. What is a moment of radical audacity that you've done recently where you're really glad you said heck yes to the opportunity? Ooh, that is a really good question. Um, There's, so I, and this is coming from a place of being a therapist for many years and collecting a very low paycheck for helping people. It was Mm -hmm. a really long journey to say, wait a second. there's value in what I'm providing for Mm -hmm. people, you know, beyond that and really stepping up and being an entrepreneur and, and helping people. And the whole thing just blows my mind. And I think as of recently, I've joined a couple of high ticket, like masterminds and, Mm. and coaching like with other mentors and professionals. And it was, I mean, it was a leap, right? Because mm-hmm. I keep up leveling myself by, you know, investing in other people. Because if if I expect people to invest in themselves with me or you know other coaches, like you have to also yes. do the walk, right? Mm-hmm. And so it is super scary. And the fact that it was making me really uncomfortable, I said, "Oh, that means it's something I need to do because I know that I'll leap from here." And so I recently joined some a mastermind that was super like out of my comfort zone financially and something that I didn't think I was like ready for, but I'm so glad I did because already amazing things are starting to happen when it comes to abundance. Oh, that's so fantastic. I love that so much because those scary moments when you are investing in yourself are so hard as a woman. We have no problem spending hundreds and hundreds, thousands of dollars on our children for their sporting events, for their tutoring, for their school trips they need to take, their braces, like whatever it is, we will spend thousands on our children. But to spend money on ourselves is so hard to do. And when you make that first investment in yourself and you say, okay, this is important to me. I'm going to do it. You're already making an energetic shift. I remember that I worked for with the relationship coach for six years after my divorce. I could not do it alone. Mm. And that first, I think her first program I bought was like $97. And I felt sick to my stomach about spending that. I was a newly divorced <laughs> mom of two kids living in a one right. bedroom, you know, and I was like, I don't have $97 to spend right now. Well, over the course of six years with her, I've spent thousands of dollars on her programs because it's so worth it. The growth and the the transformation, and I don't regret a penny I spent in that time because I'm a totally different person. And I think once we allow ourselves to invest in ourselves in whatever way we need, whether it's getting your hair done by a professional, whether it's getting professional pictures taken of yourself so that you feel fabulous. I did a boudoir photo shoot right after my divorce. Oh my God. Like definitely money. I didn't have, but you just 
you invest in yourself and you feel so good. So I love that story. Thank you. Yes. Oh my God. No. And and, and there's a lot to unpack with what you said too. And I think that it's hard to put a value on happiness. Mm -hmm. You know, it's easy to put a value on a computer or a car or things for the kids because it's more tangible. We can see it, we can touch it, but to, to, put value on something that will change our lives and inherently make us more happy. It, it, it's hard, especially mm-hmm. if you don't feel like you deserve it or, yeah. you know, and, and so I love that you just kind of extracted that because right. Like we both have done things where yeah. we invested in ourselves, And because of that, look, you know, our, our lives changed and, mm-hmm. and we all grow from it. Yep. And I continually look for those opportunities. Like you said, I did a coaching program over the summer on being an entrepreneur and, and I, I'm going to do another one this summer. Like I, I think it's very important to continually educate ourselves. So, and get that help and get that support. So I love it. I love it. Yay. Yay. So um, where can people find you? You are fabulous. They should find you. Where can people find you? Well, thank you. So are you. Um, well, you can find me on my podcast, Charisma Quotient, which is the formula we talked about. And you'll hear Tiffany on there as well. Um, and then you can go to my site, KimmySeltzer.com, K-I-M-M-Y, Seltzer, like the water.com. And all my social handles are at Kimmy Seltzer. So it's super easy. And if you want that style guide, um, you just go to KimmySeltzer.com forward slash style, and you'll be able to do the three C's that we talked about in the first pillar. And um, I, I have some exciting things coming up because once you download Oh, I was that, hoping you would tell us about this. Yeah. I was going to say, once you download that, you'll be kind of in my community. And um, May 11th, I am actually doing a workshop around sexy confidence and, mm. you know, making dating fun and all of that jazz. So you'll definitely want to like be on the list and be alerted to that. And I have a retreat going on in the summer mm, that all fun. has to do with transformation and making over your lives because we're all ready. <laughs> We are all so ready to get out there. We've been in our like comfy cocoon for so long Mm -hmm. and um, I'm excited to just energize women around this. Yeah. Getting out of the comfy cocoon. It's almost like, how do we talk to people? How do you make eye contact? (laughs) Oh, it's real too. It's real. I'm like, just because you have the mascot doesn't mean you don't make eye contact with one another. Like it's this weird social thing that's happening. So I'm slowly teaching people how to get social again. Yeah. Yeah. It's so great. Thank you so much. Thank Thank you you so much for being here. Listeners, please make sure you reach out to Kim. She is fantastic. All of her links are in the show notes. So please go in there, check them out, check her out. And if you like this episode, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. We love knowing what resonates with you. All right, you guys, did you love that episode as much as I did? I think I could have talked to Kimmy for hours and hours, and I definitely want to go on a shopping trip with her because uh, I think that we would have a blast together. And yes, I am in a loving, committed relationship, but before that, I think I would have loved to go on one of these wing woman activities with her. (laughs) It would have been so fun. All right, I do have a few key takeaways from the episode that I want to make sure I share with you and I'd love to hear your takeaways. So make sure you come on over to Instagram and DM me your takeaways. I'd love to hear them. I loved her concept of working from the outside in. We so many times get the message that you've got to do the inner work. You've got to do the inner work. You've got to do the inner work that sometimes we get stuck. And yes, I 100% believe the inner work is vitally important. But so many times, if you are doing that inner work, like she said she was, but you're not making any outside changes, then nothing really changes. So doing that outside work, for me, it was, I started to run. That was my outside work. And you guys have heard previous episodes where I tell you my journey after divorce, one of the most powerful things I did that gave me the confidence to leave my toxic marriage was I started running. And I'd never been a runner before, but I worked from the outside in. I, in the activity of running, I gained some confidence. I started talking nice to myself. I started looking in the mirror and seeing strong legs instead of dimpled legs, you know? So working from the outside in, I think is a really powerful thing, especially when you combine it with some 
with a good amount of inner work as well. I loved her red dress moment when she realized that putting on that red dress and getting out there and putting herself out, even though in the beginning it was just a costume and she was just putting on an act, it made a big difference. And I love that she invested in herself. She invested in buying that dress for herself. She invested in getting coaching and help after, and she's continuing to invest in herself as she grows as an entrepreneur. And I think that is so vital because that's you telling yourself over and over again that you are worth it, that you are worthy, and that your money gets to go and be invested back in you to help have you have the beautiful life that you want. And I think that is so very powerful. All right, everyone. Like I said before, I'd love to hear what you thought of this episode. Please come on over to Instagram and DM me. And if you like this episode, please share it with a friend. That really helps so much for more people to hear the show when you share it. And if you leave a review on Apple Podcasts, that would be pretty darn great too. Helps more people to find the show. All right, everyone. Have an absolutely beautiful day.